Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This episode is brought to you by Rise, a science-based app that makes it easy to improve your sleep and daily energy. Go to risescience.com slash TMS and download the Rise app today to try it for free for seven days. Coming up on TMS, a group of macaques are called a podcast. Beer, free donut, and a free ride. Vaporub, now with weed. Recycling is really hosed. Bluetooth speakery unit. Do TikTokers have brains because I like seriously wanted to know? Drop that blood, you damned dirty primates. Heavy and rubbery. The morning hate listening stream. You have to do it in those two or three days or you're in trouble. Regular old pill market. Cars are not vacuums. Legal window openings. The old flu way. Staying alive with Gibby Frankenberger. Therapy Thursday and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. How do they do it? Where do they find all that energy? That seemingly inexhaustible store of pep and ginger. What about my burning desire to study and learn a vocation? <laughs> This is the morning stream. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the morning stream TMS for Thursday, June 3rd, 2021. I'm Scott Johnson with Brian Ibbett. Hi. Hello. Happy Friday Eve. Yeah, baby. As they say, I got a I got a pot full of leftover jambalaya in the fridge, and all is well at the nice. Johnson house. Mmm, nice. Mm. That's a good. You know, that's always a good staple, right? It's like two or three days of really good yep. uh, leftover consumption. Oh, there's nothing like it. It's the best. But you got to do it in those two or three days, or else you know you're asking for trouble. Right. That's right. Exactly. Uh, speaking of which, so while we were having some of that, um, some friends came by. It's nice to have some vaccinated friends again. You know, people who are just. You can see them. You can hang out. You're in the same club mm-hmm. now. You're in the vaccine mm-hmm. club, and you can just sort of hang the out. Vac- the Vax Club, yes. That's right. Uh-huh. And uh, Josh uh, Fitzgerald, a good pal of ours, who we didn't... I never... When we first met him, he was already a fan of like the shows, and so mm. uh, that was all funny. But anyway, he's a pharmacist guy, <laughs> and he used uh-huh. to be like Dan and did like pharmacy things, but then the big medical marijuana business came to Utah, and he took a job where he is now... Purely a weed dealer, not a dealer, but you know what I mean? Like, he's the guy who, like, the doctors call and say, I have patients who have this and this and this. Uh, We need to do prescriptions for HTC, this and that and the other. And now he's the one who gives you your your weed. He gives you your weed. (laughs) He's your weed guy now. And it was just a fascinating conversation about all the stuff they got going on. They got this crazy HTC... Not HTC. THC. THC. <laughs> you know, the vibe, the people that make the vibe. Your favorite yeah. VR home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that thing. Yeah. Exactly. They used to do a lot of phones, but now it's all about the vibe. Um, sorry. THC. He's got some kind of vapor rub that's like menthol plus THC mm-hmm. and some other stuff that you put on like a muscle that's hurt or a broken whatever. And it's supposed to be just like, ah, 
really like, interesting. Yeah, or if you're like somebody okay. who gets uh, like you're a um, uh, cancer, uh, you're you're going through the chemo, right? Right, right, right. This is relieving, uh, soothing kind of thing. Right, and I don't know. I mean, Tina could oh. probably speak to this, but like my sister in law just finished twelve rounds, and her f- hands hurt all the time, just like mm. screaming n- nerve pain in her fingers and hands, and that stuff. The weed rub, I guess, just knocks it out just interesting gone. i mean because we know you know that they've got the stuff that's just the regular cbd right um stuff but i think nicole talked about how she got stuff that had thc in it years ago yeah for her arm or her shoulder or uh whatever it was and um oh she felt loopy <laughs> oh yeah it'll 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 be weird uh you know but yeah. he's got all this like cool samples at his house but he's the nicest most like how do i explain josh he's like the most unassuming, just like, oh, hey, hey, everybody, uh, how's it going, eh? Like, <laughs> he's not Canadian, but. <laughs> Canada! He's Rick Dennis. Yeah, he's definitely not Canadian, but he's got he's got this very kind of unassuming quality about him. And then you find out what he's doing, and he's like leading the state in this, this stuff to the point that they ask him to be on panels and on commissions, and he gets mm-hmm. interviewed all the time. He did some 30-episode YouTube thing about medical marijuana and the benefits to different things and all this and i'm just saying dan needs to up his game get out of the regular old pill market get into the weed man yeah so i wonder um in north carolina i mean medical has got to be legal in north carolina right i have no idea i don't think recreational is yet but um yeah they'll be slow on the recreational just like we are utah yeah the carolinas will be like the last on the list probably but Right, um, right. No, there's that's a it's a it's a booming market out here. Just judging by the oh, number yeah. of places that open up and 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 do this, but because because it's still not federally legal, um, you can't just take your weed money that you've made to the bank. Right. You've got to <laughs> you basically have to do like illegal means to deposit the money that you've legally earned by selling your legal weed. Yeah, it's weird, right? All that stuff is still so uh, so weird right now. We, but, uh, we know somebody, and I'm so I'm totally not going to go any further than just saying that it's somebody we know mm. has taken to burying their money <laughs> in an undisclosed location because they don't want to have it in their house, but they can't take it to a bank. This wouldn't be a neighbor who might be crazy, would it? No, no, he's not a uh, he's okay. not a he's not a salesman. <laughs> but is it someone you and I both know who buries their they're burying their uh, their money? Is it I don't think know? so. Okay. I, I don't know. Do we? Do we know. both? Do we not know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying I it's know somebody that. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> that's as far as I'm. That's gonna all go you're because... going to let loose. Okay, it's fine. Well, yeah, because I don't want somebody to say, "Oh, it's so and so great. I'm heading to their backyard to go dig up all their money." That's right. Tom Merritt, just kidding, not Tom Merritt. You've never. <laughs> hey, uh, d- d- ch- a quick camera check. How's your garbage can? Just gotta check. Well, it's funny. Um, so I texted Crazy Neighbor and said, uh, "Here's a page from this recycling company that's not Denver, but another recycling company that says um, that they won't take specifically won't take hose reels. It's really funny, like that they go that far. But this this document's awesome. Like it says, uh, that's great." Uh, Vienna, Wisconsin. Here are things not allowed in recycling bins, and one of the things is hose reels. <laughs> and so I texted her and said, e- "You know, I'm not sure they're going to take it." And then she says, "Oh, sorry, Tina told me I could. I'll come and get it." So I watched Crazy Neighbor come around, 
pick up her hose reel out of our bin, yeah. take it to maybe their trash can, I can't tell, and then come back and put a bunch of boxes in ours. Oh, so, so she did the thing you were saying. That you were... She did the thing I was saying. Okay. She didn't put the hose reel in her recycling bin. Right. Um, but as she was doing that, Tina came home. Mm. Christina had an early interview this morning. Yeah. And, uh, and I could see them out there chatting, and I'm sure I'm like... You know, crazy neighbors probably saying, well, your husband said to take it out of there. You know, I say it as nicely as possible, but of course, it's probably going to get real or, or uh, 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 reconfigured to be like, well, Brian yelled at me for putting this in your recycling bin. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. I kind of I kind of wish that we would have seen. I, don't know, I just kind of want to see what was going to happen there if they would have. Yeah. Did the crazy neighbor, I mean, the- did she do her yacht rock dance as you left? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that video stuck with me. It is permanently burned into my head. It's something about the music and her moving, and I don't know what it, it is. is. It is the best. Uh, it is the best little uh, little short little meme. God, what was that? Vine or uh, uh, wasn't Periscope? What did I share that thing on? It was like six seconds long, so it, it easily could have been Vine. It was probably Vine. Yeah, back in yeah. the day. We all poked around have with tried, fun. Have you tried Twitter, Twitter Spaces yet? <gasps> I did one day, and I decided mm-hmm. that was enough. That was good. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, this is why I don't like that other service, Clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, forget yeah. it. I guess it's cool. You know, once in a while, I just have a little. Hey, a bunch of tadpooly types jumped in, and we talked, mm. and it was fine. Mm-hmm. But oh, it's that'd not. Be cool. It's yeah. not just like there's just no. I don't know. There's another. We we do this every day. We get this is here. We are doing it right now. You and I are doing right. it in some right. traditional way. Right. So. So, what is Twitter Spaces? Says Maravina. Yeah, a lot of people ask that. Also, yeah, what are Twitter? People, people what, will be asking that in five months. Yeah. What is what is Twitter? Uh, what's the top thing? Uh, the stories, their ripoff of stories called uh, Twitter f- fleets. Oh, fleets. Right. Yeah. Hey, when's the last time you checked a fleet? A fleet. It's been a Jeez while. I, have, I never. Rec- I've yet to record one, and yet to. Well, no, I visited a couple, but then I, I forgot it was there, and I don't use the app anymore. So. <laughs> Screw you guys. I'm back to Twitter. I think it's like 2008 all up in here. All right. Hey, yeah. uh, a couple quick things. Bam. I got it. Oh, there's so much today. There's so much today. We got there's a bunch a of stuff today. here at the top. We got Bobby coming mm-hmm. up here in a minute. We got mm-hmm. an email. Got to read Wendy to him. later. Wendy later. Bunch of stuff. And then all of it has some great multimedia po- uh, possibilities. Okay. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Great. Okay. So for example, Joel wrote in and sent me a uh, recording of him talking to his Amazon Echo. I'm not going to say the A word, and I also bleeped it out in his recording. <laughs> okay, all right. So good. that it doesn't set off anything for anyone, including me. Um, here's, <laughs> I didn't thought about this. Okay, you know how we come up with really dumb names? Well, we don't, but our, our tadpole comes up with a, a bunch of great <laughs> names to choose from for the show. For the show title, yeah. Right, uh-huh. and then we just put them in there, and we don't really think too much about it, but we're basically forcing this, you know, very efficient voiceover assistant lady who's on your echo to say these terrible titles once in a while when you play or resume one of our episodes <laughs> sure so yeah. he sent this audio in and just wanted me to hear it so let's let's play it for the show here you go you hear a little beep at the top that's just the a word okay. continue resuming the morning stream from amazon music tms 2123 Basement baby glob unit. Uh, it, was a, it was a gross night, is what I'm saying. Basement baby glob unit. <laughs> oh my God, I want some of these for like, uh, what have we had? Pumping bee juice. Yeah. Uh, looking back at some past titles. Uh, yeah, there's some killer stuff in here. Let me pull up. Don't woo in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Two Oregon fish sandwich. 
Right. Mitt Zuber. I want to hear that. I want to hear Pizza Man <laughs> Buying go. fake pee? You're yeah. in trouble. Rotten, <laughs> rotten meat curious. That would be fun. Uh, who is Dick Price? That's a fun one. Yeah, so oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. We anyway. need. Yeah, I want to hear more of these. This Isn't is that great. awesome? I love that. Thanks, so, Joel. thank you for that. Also, I didn't know Amazon Music did. I knew I, I submitted the podcast to Amazon, but I didn't know what that was for. I guess now I know. Yeah, I get it now. You can just play it through Amazon Music, which is which is kind of cool. Uh, and if you didn't know that, do it. Google Home also does it. Pause it and resume it. Yeah, you can listen to our stuff on whatever you want. <laughs> Quick product review. Hold on. Okay. Thirty bucks. Oh. Uh huh. Here. We are looking for a good outdoor. Mine is currently charging. Uh, good outdoor uh, Bluetooth speakery unit. Oh sure. They're all a little expensive, and I checked Wirecutter.com because those guys mm-hmm. uh, never lead me astray. And I thought, well, what's in their budget selection? And they were raving about this thing called the, the Tribit. Uh, Tribit mm. X Sound. You sure, Go. it's not called uh, the pronounced Tribit. Tri- uh, oh, it might be Tribit. <laughs> Oh, I'm kidding. It's probably the Tribit. You might well, maybe, be right. Maybe it is the Tribit. It might sure. be the Tribit. Now that you say it, that's a better marketable name, Tribit. It is, yeah. Um, it's heavy and rubbery, <laughs> which I like because that means any kind of bass in there is sort of contained and not rattly. Yeah. It yeah. stays on the table and it's, you know, whatever. I've been blown away by this little thing. It's tiny. Take it anywhere. 25, 25 hours of battery life. Um, nice. And it plays... Beautifully, and it just connects to anything. And it's—I I mean, I realize I'm, we're, it's 2021. Yeah, Bluetooth works. I get it, but <laughs> it's right. really rad to the point that they—and it was so inexpensive. These are only thirty bucks. I was like, I'm buying one for you know Kim to take outside for whatever we want to do on the porch or whatever. But I'm going to get one of these for just down here to just switch over from like I don't want to wear headphones and play my PC games. I'm just going to transfer mm, sure. to this because this sounds better than the speakers I have. So, that's crazy that's crazy anyway yeah we picked up uh it was on sale i think 45 bucks uh the wonder boom which is more of a squat cylinder yeah um but it can go you know we if we're in the neighbor's pool we can bring it over and it just floats in the water and and uh plays music and how and sound, it again, sounds good sounds amazing does it yeah, yeah. I, I don't, these things have come so far i remember when they were so tinny they really have yeah. yeah so there you go take your music on the road everybody it's summer yep it's yep. white hot red tms summer get and, out there. and look at you not getting something that's made by aki or anchor right right <laughs> like i don't well who the hell knows who tribit is i've never even heard that's of these true guys. yeah tribit. But, um it seems good and for 30 bucks i don't know i always try i trust uh I trust Wirecutter. They never, they never tell me the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, now, now this a question that's very important. This is this maybe, is good. This is a very good question. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's let the lady who I heard on TikTok ask it. Okay, so here's her actual question: How are we breathing in cars? Because like, there's no air holes in a car, and like, you shut your doors, so like, how does the oxygen like get in? And there's like no law to like open your window every five minutes. So like, how do you breathe in a car? All right. I feel like it's important we answer this question here on the show. Really? <laughs> <laughs> this reminded me about dogs and their brains. And I saw so I know it's, like, it's almost it is almost her. It is almost the dog's <laughs> brains. Was this was this on TikTok, by the way? It was. It was a TikTok okay. video. Um, yeah. It was sent actually by a listener. And then I also happened to get it in my feed just naturally. So we must be on the same wavelength. Me and this guy it was in my it was in my for your for you page. But um 
Yeah. <laughs> Jed Stoke Squirrel says, I wish your car had no air. <laughs> I mean, I would say this to this lady if she's listening. I'm sure she isn't. And she was probably, I don't know, 18 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, cars are not hermetically vacuum sealed uh, right. areas. Yeah. It's not a, it's not an airlock, right? You don't go in there and everything yeah. gets sucked out. Nor does anything like you could say this. I don't know, Scott. I've seen those movies where the uh, the good guy accidentally gets uh, pushed into like their car uh, forced into a a lake, right? And uh, and their car just you know stays completely devoid of uh, water until they roll down a window and climb out or bust a window open or yeah, yeah. perfectly sealed, one hundred percent waterproof, so therefore airproof. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but you could say this about your house. Uh, your bathroom, any closed space. Right. So Perfect. why her brain didn't just go from, well, let me think of this <laughs> space. Now another space. Oh, right. These are similar in that they all have air because they're not sealed spaces. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the answer. I'm just saying if anyone's helped by this, mm. mostly I just wanted to mock that person. All right. If I'm honest. Of course. Of course. Yeah. What else are we here? Now, if we were to take her car and uh, put her inside it and then completely wrap it in plastic tarp with uh, duct tape mm-hmm. and cover all the sides and every possible opening, then she'd have a good question. Yeah. She'd have a good point. Yeah, then she'd make a point, and we could have a discussion yeah. about that and mourn her loss. We could do all those yeah. things at once. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. All right. You guys, here's something I like. I think science is cool. Uh, that science is cool. <laughs> and I also think it's cool that Bobby comes on the show and talks to us about science. Man, Bobby, your hair is longer every time I see you, dude. Look at that, man. Bobby, should should we uh, should we get a law to open our car windows every five minutes or so? Should there be uh, a law? Did you know that they they actually put a device into cars to make it? You used to not be able to breathe in them, and uh, and then they added the air conditioner. <laughs> um, oh, is that it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, that makes it sense. It takes yeah. air from the outside and brings it inside so that you don't suffocate before you get to your destination. I do. I do Where like does that. Where my the... fart go in a car? How come I? <laughs> yeah. How does your Science. fart Genius escape? Are still working on that. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a known problem. I don't. I don't know why she. She also brought up that part about there's no law. Telling that's you the, that's what like, I was. That's why I brought that up. It's like what a weird direction to go. Like. Yeah. So there should be a law that you open your windows every five minutes because that's yeah. what will keep everybody alive. Yeah. Well, we live in uh, a, a nation of states, and so they have to go through uh, each state's legislative legislative branch. It's it's a complicated process. Yeah. I don't know why we we say united, but you know, there are days where you wonder. Yeah. Uh, all right, we should just call ourselves states. No, what would we be? States. states. A lot of people do call us the states. The states. Yeah. That's good. That'll work. The states. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Bobby's states. here. We're going to do some science. I'm going to kick it off with an email. Uh, Bobby, if you're all right with this, I'm just going to read this. Uh, yeah, we le- got an email, huh? Yeah, we did. And it and it leads right into your discussion topic this week. Uh, this came from Lois, uh, Taffy Lady. Lois. Lois. She says, hello, Frank and Bobby says this. Uh, I'm one of those folks who is medically exempt from getting the vaccine. I had one dose and had a lovely allergic reaction and had to be told by medical staff, no more for me. And the J&J is just not an option for me either. That makes sense if, you know, they find they try the one, they're not going to give you the other. Uh, so I have a natural COVID. I have natural COVID antibodies. Having COVID sucks, by the way. And one dose of Pfizer vaccine. My concern is, what will my future look like when there might be guidelines slash restrictions for those who are fully vaccinated, i.e. 
Uh, you can only go on a cruise if you're fully vaccinated or someone can come into your country if you're only fully vaccinated. Uh, I know things are constantly evolving and changing. What uh, would you do in my position other than keep wearing masks and social distancing? Thanks, says Lois. It's uh, a very good question. Yeah, it really yeah. is. So, Bobby, yeah. what would you say to her? Because she is in a unique uh, category there. Yeah, well, first of all, I would like to express my sympathy. That's really stinks that yeah. you can't finish the whole process. Um, mm-hmm. And you're not alone. Uh, there are there are people that this happens to, and that's why it, it, that's why she was probably told pretty quick, like, okay, this is how we handle that. Let's not finish mm-hmm. to be safe. Right. Um, but the short answer to our question about what to do and what is it going to mean for future regulations and all that kind of stuff is, unfortunately, we don't know exactly mm-hmm. because uh, we're like we're still in this process, but. We do know some things, and we know how this kind of thing is handled for other vaccines, so we can maybe use that as a way to figure out what's going to happen in this uh, specific case that she's dealing with. Um, So, first of all, there's likely to be exceptions and exemptions uh, to the requirements for for COVID vaccination. Because there are people that are in... Lois's position and you can't just say that they're not allowed to do anything forever now right, um, right. Uh, so we come up with exemptions and these exemptions are based on the fact that as long as we can reach herd immunity um, through vaccination then then she's going to be protected anyway yeah isn't that the, uh, the idea here is that if we all if everyone who can do it does it mm-hmm. the the, right. the whole point of that isn't just that we're now you know Okay. Yeah. Is that those Lois who can't is exactly are the reason why we are pushing so hard to get as to herd immunity is because there are people in the world who cannot get the vaccine and they would love to, <laughs> but mm-hmm. they can't. Right. Um, right. And well, so we have to help them. What do you think? It's funny the, because it's, oh yeah, go ahead. Brian. It's a situation now where you know when you can get the vaccine, you're less reliant on the people who who aren't getting the vaccine because you can say, well, I've had the vaccine. I'm okay. You're, you're not, you know, you're not getting it because of your beliefs or you're worried about microchip or whatever. But for the most part, I'm okay because I've got my vaccine. But when you can't get the vaccine and you want it, Mm. you're much more reliant on those people uh, who, who, aren't getting it for yeah, whatever reason. I was reason. already mad at those people, but now I'm mad yeah, at those I'm people. even more mad at those people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so let me let me ask a question that TVZ gun asked. Um, he says he didn't catch the entire email, but in terms of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, isn't it a very, isn't it an entirely different kind of vaccine? Like it's not the mRNA whatever stuff. It's it's like a you know, it's more traditional. It's a piece of the virus. It's a mm-hmm. you know, kind of the old flu way of doing it. Um because she's allergic to the one, why why would she? Why why would that be a concern? Do you think uh, that's probably just uh, the physician being cautious, just acting out of an abundance of caution? Um, because right. they probably don't know why, whatever reaction she had, why she had the reaction. We can maybe guess. Most of the allergic reactions that are happening to the mRNA vaccine. Um, are due to uh, polyethylene glycol, which is a stabilizer that's in it. That mm. um, is in a lot of things. It's not unusual that it's in that. In fact, it it's a uh, <laughs> polyethylene glycol is used in a lot of um, uh, 
laxatives. If you take some of it, it'll make you go poo poo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, but, uh, will you mark that one, please? I love that one. That was a good one for a clip. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's. So, I was gonna say that's what this Miralax business is uh, that my yes, wife. Yes, exactly. Had. It is Miralax. Is that's just what it is? Is polyethylene glycol? Yeah, tons um, of it. But yeah. it's also used as a stabilizing agent in vaccines, and so that was a known thing. And only a couple of people have had reactions to that and allergies to that. So her reaction to this could be maybe not even an allergy. It could be something else, but it's it's hard to test that and know. So what physicians will do whenever people have a reaction is just say, okay, well, you had a bad reaction to this, so we're just don't take any more and don't take another one since we don't don't know. Yeah. Um, one dose, though, of especially the Pfizer vaccine, already gives her around 85% effectiveness at, at preventing COVID. So yeah. that's really good yeah. <laughs> just good um, yeah. even even though she had the reaction she still would have the antibodies from the vaccine and so she's very well protected against um against covid now obviously you still want to get the second dose and go through the whole thing if you can but sure. in her specific case i if, i want her to not worry too much about getting covid that's probably not your main concern your main concern mm-hmm. is going to be having the card participate in yeah. society now <laughs> right exactly getting to go on cruises or travel and being able to yeah. say yeah here's my proof that i've had it hmm. um there yeah. can't there has to be there have to be more people who are, have this same allergy so um you know and, and maybe you don't know the answer to this but is there work being done on other versions of the vaccine that maybe uh, get delivered in a in a way that doesn't interfere with people's allergies. Yeah, or doesn't Probably. have the Miralax in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I th- mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, there are dozens of we we hear about like five main mm-hmm. vaccines right now, but there are dozens being worked on mm-hmm. all over yeah. the world. Right. Um, so it's likely that we'll see some come out later that that maybe people would be able to get who do have these allergies, but. But I still think even if you don't, it's likely you will get to do stuff. There will be mm-hmm. exemptions in place. I mean, public schools have exemptions uh, mm-hmm. for people who can't get vaccines, for example. Um, you usually have to have some sort of medical documentation that you can't get the vaccine. So you, mm-hmm. you would want to make sure that you have like a note from your doctor um, yeah. <laughs> saying that right. you can't get it. Just yeah. put it on the same card as the uh, first vaccine, you know, and and that way you've got. Well, I got the first one, and here's why I didn't get the second. At least you yeah, got some some sort of proof. I don't know if it would go on the card. Who knows what those cards are even going to be used for? Know, They're giving right? us these cards, so right? That are the wrong size. You can't put them in a wallet. Oh, Not only that, gosh. like you can. You can fake these. They're they're selling them everywhere. They're it's just stupid. Like if we're gonna oh, do, really? if they're gonna go that hard, they gotta go as hard as they do on money, where they change it all the time and put chips in it and make it, you know, only scannable yeah. and by a certain kind of camera and like all the dumb things you have to do. <laughs> Bitcoin. They're not. They're not gonna do it. Yeah, track it with have, the blockchain. Seen, Great idea. Yeah. Have you seen people doing the selfies with the cards and they like put a finger over some part of the information? But like, I look at mine. I don't know what information you're trying to hide, really. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Someone's name, I guess. Or... Mine just shows which King Supers I had uh, <laughs> my <laughs> doses administered, and then my full name. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You're welcome to it. Well, and, and my birthday's on it. Like, okay, I oh, want you to it? know my birthday. Yeah, celebrate. <laughs> right, it's not sure. like that's, that's not really uh, terrible information to have, unless there's some reason we don't want to know you were born that day. 
Um, but yeah, like it, it's a weird. Uh, I don't know. These are these are great questions because we haven't really had to address these before. Certainly in a modern society. It's a society. really good question. And yeah. and CDC's confusing communication about this doesn't make it any easier to process all this stuff. Right. Um, and to know what's going to happen and everything. Uh, it's. it's uh, part of me it's, feels it's hard. I feel for them a little because I. I don't know what you. I don't think they know entirely. And why would they exactly know? Because some of this is not. Because now you're talking about mixing pathology with sociology with like just regular old logistics of how people move around and live their lives like that's a yeah. com- that's a complicated web when you're talking about a country of 300 and whatever million people and then broaden that out and talk about you know their multiple nations and then a worldwide effort and that needs to be coordinated and like it's just complicated um yeah but i would and yeah if i if i were her uh I mean, she has a couple things going for her. She's had COVID, which sucks, but she had it. So that I, I don't know if it stacks, right? You'd have to tell me. Like, is this a World of Warcraft buff where <laughs> she got she got COVID, then she got a first shot, and somehow that combination is going to help her in some way? Or does it's a ten month cooldown though? That uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the buffs stack in this case. Actually, um, the uh, I know that the. I think I think the vaccine might just override it. You know, it's mm. vaccines have a lot to do with just antibodies and and having them. And I I think I think the vaccine is designed to do a better job than natural infection anyway. Yeah. So um, I think it just kind of overrides that in in that. Okay. In, so probably you probably can't stack them. It's like replaces the buff, and it's like it's a slightly better buff. It'd be better it's also if you... dangerous to kind of imply that stacking them would be good, right? Because you don't want people to think like, well, I should go get COVID and then yeah, get Yeah, the that's vaccine. a good point. <laughs> Nobody do that, please. That's a bad idea. Um, and we still don't even know about boosters for everyone else. Like, yeah, and we won't know that for a while. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. going to be a bit. Um, I, was, I was reading yesterday, given the, you know, the amazing weather the country's having and everybody, uh, you know, more vaccinations happening and then get more restlessness on the parts of those who don't want to get vaccinated but still don't care and want to go out and you know hit the lake or whatever it's yeah. two weeks from now we're going to learn a lot about where we're at when everybody's getting together for fourth of july yeah. we're also gonna come the by the fall when when everybody goes back indoors um when flu when normally flu season would roll around and everybody is going back inside fall and winter will by then we should know if because if COVID starts popping up again, then that's going to tell us what we yeah. need to know about boosters and whether this is an endemic virus. Endemic meaning that it's going to keep coming back year after year. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd like love that. that you, not to did be. you guys see the uh, the Biden's address to the nation yesterday about no, COVID? No, I missed it. I saw the greatest hits. I may have <laughs> the greatest. <hits. laughs> I may have. I mean, I was. I took melatonin, but I probably should have watched that because that would have really. Put me <laughs> but anyway, it was why? between the two, yeah, yeah. What? Why? What? Ha- what did we miss? What? What? What came of it? It was actually pretty good. He seems to be. He's. He's talking about. He's. He's doing this push. The government's doing this push now. They want to get seventy percent of adults vaccinated by the fourth of July. So this whole month they're oh, right, they're yeah. really pushing for people. Right now we're at about sixty two percent of mm-hmm. adults. Mm-hmm. And eight percent doesn't seem like a lot, but it really is at this point because we're really pushing against that hesitancy wall. Yeah. Um that's kind of a push but, us over the line kind of number, right? Like uh it's pretty close. So we still don't know what herd immunity means. 
like what where that number is, but it, it, it the I, like we're thinking it's around 70-80% um probably. Yeah. Um, maybe as low as 65%, but we don't know. So 70% is just like looking a lot better. Yeah. Um <laughs> if if we we get there, but it it felt a lot like also that they were that the message from this um whole initiative to get everybody put was in response to those confusing cdc guidelines so if, if people are listening and they don't know what i'm talking about cdc back in may um said they changed the guidelines basically saying if you're fully vaccinated burn your mask and go hog wild <laughs> uh, yeah but uh that's that's the at least the way that people interpreted it and that was the problem right um but uh people are confused by the sudden reversal of the CDC's guidelines and their change in telling vaccinated people that they're okay to not quarantine anymore and they can travel and they don't have to wear masks. It, and, yeah, um, it tends to lend more, it gives more fuel to the, uh, oh, it's a hoax. Look at that. Look how quickly the CDC oh, yeah. changes, which drives me nuts. Yeah. Like, no, that's yeah. not what it means. It's also, have you ever been to the DMV? We're just inefficient around here. We just don't know. What we're <laughs> That's right. Well, it's a brand new thing. We don't know everything about it. Jeez. Yeah. My worry yeah. is that the changing guidelines, even though they are based in science and it's true, if you're fully vaccinated, you're pretty safe. You don't need to wear a mask anymore. Still follow whatever the business and local guidelines and everything are, of course. But those are for respect and legal reasons. Um, but uh, but. But what worries me is that it's going to give unvaccinated people like cover to stop wearing masks mm. um, when they didn't want to to begin with. Oh, I guarantee um, that's happening. I've seen yeah, it's happen. already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they're already doing it. Already a thing, I'm afraid. Uh, well, all right, that's an interesting look at where we're at. Um, you yeah. know, I know. You know, part of me is like, well, after this year and a half or so, we're you know we're all so sick of COVID and whatever. But it does feel like we're getting to that point that we are all aiming for you know like there's yeah. some goals yeah. there were goals and now they're in sight maybe and mm-hmm. um yeah that'd be awesome there's a lot of stuff we don't know like you said uh you know a yearly yeah. a yearly bounce back is still a question uh we don't know about boosters we don't know about you know what variations or whatever i don't even want to think about that dude that got bird flu the other day let's just not think about him for now because there's a brand new yeah, bird yeah. strain. I don't want to know about it. Just stay in China there. Just somebody lock him in. Be done. Stay over there. And if, what and what happened to the murder hornets? Yeah, where are them? Yeah. Just forget where are about the murder, murder hornets? hornets. Exactly. Somebody think about the murder hornets. Oh my what gosh. Don't you consider the murder hornets? <laughs> there was so much talk of murder hornets, and now right. nothing. What are they hiding? All right. Uh, well, this if is you great. Haven't got, if you haven't gotten your vaccine and you're waiting for, there are plenty of good reasons that people were waiting, um, reasons that make sense. Just, you know, you can get it. This new initiative is um, is basically saying uh, they're going to give a tax break to, this goes into the political end of things and I don't know a lot about it, but they're going to give tax breaks to businesses that give paid time off for, for people to get a vaccine and for any side effects that they have afterwards. Mm. Um, so that's good. Um, there are a bunch of like daycare centers that are going to be watching kids for free while parents get vaccines. Uber and Lyft are giving free rides to and from vaccine yeah, centers to get your vaccines. Oh, that's cool. Um, don't forget, that. don't forget so, Krispy Kreme. Yeah, Krispy Kreme <laughs> doing their part. Or Anheuser Busch. If you've gotten a vaccine by July fourth, they're offering a free beer. Nice, really? So, wow, nice. beer, donut, and uh, free ride wherever you want. 
Yeah. As long as you tell the Lyft driver you're going to get your vaccine. It's a bunch of stuff locally. <laughs> local businesses are doing a bunch of stuff here too. I can I couldn't tell them to you, but it's similar things. It's like, oh, we'll yeah. give you a tire change yeah. if you. Oh, that's cool. Or whatever. And and one of the uh, a poll recently looked at why unvaccinated people are still hesitant to get vaccines, mm-hmm. and at least a third of unvaccinated people are saying that it's because they they're waiting for it to be fully FDA approved rather than just an emergency use emergency authorization approval. Sure. Um, and regardless of whether or not they should be worried about that, it's it's it makes sense that because it's complicated, people don't understand how it works. Um, but know that. Pfizer just put in their uh, their application for approval, and um, and Moderna should be close behind, and they've got all the the safety data and everything, and it's going to be approved. So yeah. um, don't worry about that. Yeah, like, I wouldn't worry go too get much it. about it's that. Safe. Yeah, I, I think you're good to get it. Uh, the other thing is um, that we had a listener who said that I'd be dead within a week after getting it, and. Um, <laughs> still here, buddy. Still here. Yeah, still kicking it. I know I he's listening. Really just bucking for your job. I know he's listening. <laughs> he's listening because he always emails some shitty thing about I don't know whatever know. we're talking about. And I'm like, I love right. the fact that they keep listening to. Like, I know they love it. I hate you guys. You're crazy. You're puppets of the leftists. But boy, oh boy, don't don't take away my subscription. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, don't let me not <laughs> listen to your show anymore. Um, anyway, Bobby, fantastic uh, stuff here as always. Uh, <laughs> now I heard tale a rumor. That Bobby has expanded his reach, his empire, his science coverage empire, to include a new TikTok channel. Now, I, I will say this. Uh, TikTok has quickly become more usable for me than a service like uh, YouTube in terms of like, hey, I'm oh, yeah. interested in watching some dude build a work project or this guy's making stuff out of wood or this guy's doing science coverage or this guy's whatever. There's so many goods. Cooking is another one. Tons of. Or this woman's wondering why she doesn't suffocate in her car. There's that stuff too. But see, YouTube has all that crap too. But you know, this is just like I can go flip and flick past it and get right to Bobby's channel about science. So Bobby, where is it, and why should they go? What are you doing? Yeah. So we just started. It's at uh, All Around Sci. So at All Around Sci SCI, and um, it's the same as our Twitter handle. But uh, we, yeah, I've always I enjoy just giving quick like explainers about little things and and i'm always with the kids around the house doing stuff and i'm like oh this is a fun little sciencey thing so tiktok is perfect for like whip out my phone and and explain it in under a minute um on there and then other people can see it too and it works really well for visual things but we did cool things we made anti-bubbles we've made plasma in the microwave um and uh and and we'd learn about what causes those things to happen so yeah at all around Psy is where you can see that follow or like or whatever you do on tiktok and if you there want to it see, is right there look at all that hair look Holy at crap. bobby's massive hair it's like he's one of the brothers gib Jeez, no kidding he's a brother gib <laughs> wow all right well <laughs> keep on staying alive or whatever the best song to use as a reference is uh bobby it's always a pleasure of course uh, all around science uh podcast get that as well yeah, and be I just on had there. Nikki Nikki on uh, our last episode. So cool. She's a great guest to have on. She's fantastic. Yeah, I'm your science correspondent. She's the DTNS science correspondent. We're we're gonna have a science correspondent battle. Let's soon. do it. I'm fine with that. We should have a contest. I don't know what, but something. What, what should it be? Who's got the most accurate information? Uh, Bobby or Nikki? Stay. Come be there live. I don't know. How to do that. <laughs> we'll figure it out. See you later, Bob. All right. I just called him Bob. 
Gotcha. Is that okay to call Bob. him Bob? I don't know. Uh, I've never heard him go by Bob. He might hate either. that. It felt weird. It felt a, weird doing it. I had a, uh, a boss whose name was James, and the look he'd shoot customers when they would call him Jim or Jimmy. Yeah. And, uh, boy, he did not like that. He just severed uh, the relationship. No more sale. No more deals. That's, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Now he goes by Jolie, though. So, Oh, that's weird. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Oh, right. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, you told me about this person before. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, update on the murder hornets here. Bees. Millions of bees. Oh, oh there the, we go. Uh, news, just breaking news, everybody. Oh, man. It's the hornets. It's not the hornets. It was never the hornets. It was the bees. Bees. That sting on Carter's foot was just the oh, beginning. Bobby Bobby says Bob is fine. Oh, okay. Well, who calls you Bob at home? Like, does your mom call you Bob? Do you get uh, you get Bob's? His, uh, I, I don't know. His secretary calls him Bob. She every time he walks in, she goes, "Hi, Bob." Hi, Bob. And then everybody everybody takes a drink. <laughs> Boy, I am I am full of the jokes for the olds today. <laughs> the sixty year olds who listen to the show are laughing their heads off yeah, right now. Man, you remember Bob Newhart? Well, then you got that joke for sure. Uh, He's still alive, you know. He's still kicking, that guy. Bob Newhart, he totally is, yeah. Yeah, I think he's made a paper now, but he's living. He's alive. <laughs> how uh, what, How old is he? Let's see here. Gotta he be is, 90? Uh, 91, uh, yeah. 91, yeah. Still waiting for that Elf sequel. Yeah, <laughs> he was great in that. He's he also, that. Um, uh, I loved always hearing stories about him and his wife going on trips with, um, uh, I can't think of his name all of a sudden, the comedian, he did die, uh, Nick, uh, n- n- Don Rickles. Rickles. Why was I saying Nichols? Oh, really? I was like, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> Don Rickles. Those two were like best friends and hung out oh, everywhere, and it was always just the funnest sounding I, relationship. I can't, I can't imagine how fun it would be to just hang out with Don Rickles in a social. I agree. Social. Uh, I agree, dude. I mean, that guy. <sighs> that guy would show up at like you know, I don't know, like you'd have like really big luminaries, but like also like mob crime bosses and stuff in an audience. Yeah. And you can yeah. just count on Rickles being hey, the hockey co- puck. <laughs> His, he was the best insult comic ever. Cause you never felt bad about what he was saying about somebody. Right. right. And, and he would, but he was still brutal that way. And also if you haven't seen that documentary called the something biggest guy, in, oh, I forgot the name. He's, he's there's a whole documentary about him uh, when he was like in his 80s just before he died that was so good a hardest working man in comedy or something like that okay and he's still like I imagine in his if you 80s. search for rickles documentary yeah you'll find on, it on the excellent documentary really huh. good stuff yeah cool. really good all right let's get a little bit of news in uh while we have a moment here how about this it's time for the news brought to you by yeah, so we're celebrating the birthdays of three musicians today. Uh, Richard Butler, the lead singer of the Psychedelic Furs. Uh, Tim Rice-Oxley, who is the uh, main instrumentalist, piano uh, keyboardist for the band Keen. And Levi Stubbs, who was uh, one of the lead vocalists for the Four Tops, but also was the voice of uh, Audrey Two in the Little Shop of Horrors movies. Uh, or movie. Just the one movie. <laughs> <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. The remake, I should say. Right. Um, so we're going to be celebrating all three of them with some great covers to kind of connect all of these bands together. That is going to happen at some point today. I've got a uh, conference call that is taking place right when I normally do Coverville. So it'll take place right after 
uh, that conference call. So just uh, subscribe to twitch.tv slash Coverville. You'll get notified. It's great. Click the little bell icon. It'll tell you yeah. when I'm going to be going live and and uh, or just follow me on Twitter. All yeah. those things. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Lemon squeezy. Yeah, not Japanesey. We learned that. No, one. Oh, we okay. don't say that. No, thank you, thank you, Army of the Dead, for teaching us that lesson. <laughs> for teaching us that, also that zombies can have babies. That's right, because we really wanted to know. All right, check this out. Monkeys. Oh, it's always the monkeys. Monkeys. Freaking monkeys. Not the band, uh, but the yeah. little monkeys, the little primates. Uh, wait, are they primates? Yes. Yes. Monkeys primates. are they, primates, or prim- right? Monkeys and apes, not the same thing. But all of them, all of them, I are believe primates. all of them are primates, right? Do I know this? Oh, this is this is where this is where I get. Uh, Sam says one hundred percent. I believe okay, her. Good. Yes. She's smart. Well, but not to not to us. Oh, She's it's to other thing. To Diana. <laughs> yes, primates. <laughs> Why does it sound wrong? Something sounds wrong about it. Yes, no. Monkeys and apes are all primates, but monkeys and apes aren't the, aren't interchangeable. Right. Gorillas and baboons and chimpanzees not all part of the same. Right. The no, same I guess we're group. primates as well. Yeah, oh yeah, well, the chat. We are. We are primates. Yeah. Some of us a little bit closer to. Uh... I, I feel very <laughs> close to one right now. I feel very. close. I do too. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're all apes. Great. Yes. That's awesome. Well, all check apes. this out. This thing about the monkeys. Then the monkeys are always the trouble. They throw the poo at you, and they, you know, yeah. whatever. They're bad. Yeah. Anyway, they stole a coronavirus blood sample. A whole bunch of them after attacking a lab assistant and tried to escape. Oh uh, no! I know. Oh my god! It's horrendous. A gang of monkeys. Is that what they're called when they're a group of them? I thought a troop. I thought uh, a collective of monkeys was a troop. Troop of monkeys. Yeah. Maybe it depends on the type of monkeys. Well, and these are angry, pissed-stealing ones, so a gang is probably... And specifically, what kind of monkeys are they? Are they rhesus monkeys? Are they... These are, uh, it said... Let's see. Where does it say? Eh, It doesn't say. It just says monkeys. It doesn't say. It just says monkeys. Yeah, it doesn't say. It could be the ones that stop Indiana Jones from eating a date. Or no, the one that... Yeah, he died because he ate a date poison date bad dates <laughs> indeed <laughs> anyway a gang of monkeys reportedly attacked a, a lab worker and ran off with the coronavirus blood samples that were at the lab the animals are said to have targeted the technician as he walked through the campus of Mir- Mirat uh, medical college in Mirat in Uttar Pradesh state this is in India uh, this happened on Friday the group managed to the group they call them now hmm. a group that's that's a, not that's not it either is it uh, a barrel or a troop is uh, the collective of monkeys. So really, you can say, "Oh, that's a watch out! There's a barrel of monkeys coming." Whoa, really? Is that true? Yeah. Don't oh. touch his funny bone. No, that's a different thing. Pretty um, sneaky, sis. No, that's a whole different one. I know this is completely off the radar here, but I you just think my battle. Sh- no, that's not. <laughs> that's it not it either. Molly Fenton in the chat. I just wanted to mention this. Says busy cleaning and because I'm reuniting with my older sister tomorrow. That sounds awesome. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I don't know anything about that story except congratulations. It must be good. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, anyway, video shows. Oh, here it is. They managed to snatch the blood samples of four patients who have tested positive for the coronavirus or COVID-19 before fleeing. Video footage shared on Twitter shows a monkey sitting in a tree with what appears to be one of the stolen kits. Uh, the animal can be seen dropping something which looks to be a white disposable glove to the ground before chewing on another. Oh, um, yeah, they're definitely monkeys. Uh, let's see. It's not known whether the monkeys have spoiled or spilled, rather, the uh, blood samples. However, people living near the campus fear the virus could spread to nearby residential areas because of these damned monkeys. 
Uh, top official of the college said... These damn dirty apes. These damn dirty apes. That's right. These damn dirty primates. Primates. These damn dirty primates. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm trying to look at the uh, video to see what kind of... Yeah, I can't... I was going to do the same. I can't tell. Let's see. Let's pull that up here. What's a colobus? Oh, what kind no, of colobus has the weird-looking nose, right? Oh, yeah, and they look pissed all the time. You notice that? Yeah, they're white. They're black and white with the... Uh, they look like they have a, a toupee. These are like the ones in Japan where they're up on the rails and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there he is in the tree. Let's take a look at that. Yeah. Eating a vial of Corona. <laughs> macaques? Maybe they are macaques. Could be a macaque. Uh, we just wanted to say macaque. <laughs> I mean, I've been waiting all morning. Finally. <laughs> Finally found an excuse. Uh, um, yeah, actually, yeah. that does look like a macaque. Okay, well, it looks like macaque got... It looks like macaque? Okay. Uh, Macaque stole my Corona. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like what? What? Who got it? It looks like Macaque. <laughs> anyway, uh, the monkeys—they're uh, uh, probably. Oh, they—they—they they, they do say they don't think anything would spread. You'd have to come in contact with it. It's not airborne. So, by the way, a group of macaques is called a sausage fest. Ah. So podcasting, then podcasting. <laughs> it's called a podcast. It's called a podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. Um, yes. All right. What time do we have? We got five minutes. Let's do this one. Dallas Mall was evacuated after a man slamming his skateboard against something uh, was mistaken for an active shooter. Uh, this happened in Dallas. Oops. Now it's unfortunate that you know we get enough active shootings that this isn't all that surprising. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you hear something like that and you go running, but I've got a video here of this. Uh, it's pretty scary. Oh, People well, are... it's like, yeah, he actually. All right. Well, we'll talk about this, but he, it wasn't like accidental, like, oh, no, I was just, I'm sorry. I was just slamming my skateboard against the floor because Claire's was out of purple studs. <laughs> I mean, it was, he was, he was making hand gestures mimicking a shooting. So that he was, was trying really to. really specific about Claire's and purple studs. I'm a little. <laughs> I'm a little concerned about your mall, your last mall trip. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, he, uh, he, it's okay. So chaos broke out of this mall. Um, <clears throat> reports of an active shooter turned out to be a false alarm. Terrified shoppers could be seen sprinting as you just saw in the video. Uh, police officers closed in on the food court where the gunshots were reportedly coming from. Fortunately, there was no shooter. Says a quote, mentally disturbed man had banged a skateboard, skateboard on the floor and made hand gestures mimicking shooting. So he was, acting like he was shooting uh-huh. uh, which is a real stinker there's a lot oh. of people who are shooting video of them running out of the uh, the mall by the way yeah well, everybody you had know. A, everyone had a if, phone if you ever needed proof that uh, if if poop went down we'd start acting like the tribes in uh, the walking dead mm-hmm. you just basically have to watch video of people pushing each other out of the way to get out of a uh, a mall when yeah, when they think there's an active shooter. Basically, we got all the. There's, fo- a, there's we have a poor a- guy who's like on a on a, um, who's got a walker, and people are like running by him and not like, "Hey, can I help you get out a little mm-hmm. easier, sir?" And yeah, and we're left with just a lot of good beef B roll if you need it for your zombie movie. So <laughs> that's right, exactly. Good luck, yeah. everyone. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, my sister will be here. We have an amazing follow up. Uh, oh, at least I good, think so. Cool. Uh, we'll talk about that before we get to the meat of her visit. And uh, what else? Other stuff. So stick around. All right. Uh, Brian, we should play a song. We should totally play a song. And I'm really 
you know, I say, I'm always saying I'm really excited to play something for you. And I'm usually, I usually am. It's not a lie. Mm. I'm almost always excited to play what I'm going to be playing for you. Sure. And I definitely tell you when I'm not excited about it, but I'm excited to play this one for you. Uh, Melissa, uh, from, uh, Atour, uh, what's that? I said Etheridge, but I don't know why I said oh. Etheridge. Continue on. <laughs> uh, she's a VR person, reached out to me with this one. This is great stuff. This is a, a Toronto band called Phantom Atlantic. They've got a brand new EP that's coming out called Your View of a Former Me. And if you like, uh, like if, if Foo Fighters and Radiohead had a baby, this is what it would sound like. Um, these guys are awesome. This is uh, the first song they've released from your view of a former me. Here is Man Like You.
Hey guys, let's talk about rise. Well, you know, rising from not your grave, but your, you know, your morning routine, getting out of bed. Sleep is as necessary as water, food, air. A lot of myths and misunderstandings about that stuff, though. Sometimes you feel groggy and you don't know why. Well, that's normal, turns out. A little tired in the afternoon, that's also normal. But maybe what's not normal is being tired all day. It's probably an indication that you've got a lot of sleep debt going on and you need to pay it back. So, become more productive and a morning person. Oh, and by the way, don't worry. You don't have to stop using your phone before bed or, you know, all that stuff. You don't even have to buy a new mattress or take supplements or special blankets or any of that. Rise uh, is an app and it uses a scientific uh, fact-based approach to help you get as much sleep as your body actually needs. It's built around two principles of sleep that researchers agree are most effective in terms of how we perform and feel and all of that. That's sleep debt and circadian rhythm. Uh, Rise works by pulling together historical data from your phone, your apps, your wearables, like your Fitbit and that kind of thing. And uh, helps track your sleep, figures out what your debt is. Almost right away you can find out because it uses some of the historical data that you've already got on your on your phone. Most of you do. And uh, you'll find out right away at the very first day of the of the trial, kind of where you're at. Every morning, Rise tells you how long you should be groggy, your best times to focus during the day, and then when you should be winding down to get better sleep at night. And uh, it's great. I struggle all the time with good sleep. You guys have heard me talk about it on the show before. And this app is actually helping me. I was surprised. I mean, you know, I don't know. You, you never know until you try something. And I tried this one, and I'm surprised how much it's helping me. It helped me right away. And their email stuff is awesome as, as well. I mentioned that before. Anyway, Rise helps you realize your full potential with real results, real productivity, real performance, real well-being. And keep this in mind. 80% of Rise users feel the benefits within, like, the first five days. That's within the seven-day trial. So here's what I want you to do. Go to risescience.com slash TMS. Download that app. Uh, it's free for seven days. It's the Rise app, R-I-S-E. And uh, whether you want to become a morning person or, I don't know, just be more refreshed or less exhausted during the day, better productivity, energy, whatever it is, Rise is the power behind your next best day. So that's risescience.com slash TMS. Try that Rise app for seven days for free. prefer a real Mexican restaurant to, and uh, not Taco Bell because Taco Bell does not have the real authentic Mexican food like a actual Mexican restaurant does. you just a noob. <laughs> up, down, up, down. This is the Morning Stream. back everybody we're back uh (laughs) one more time that band is uh phantom atlantic a song called men like you from their upcoming ep your view of a former me nice another fine selection from the music catalog of brian ibbett darn right all right we're gonna get wendy in here and we're gonna have some some good fun uh here we go I mean, I don't know how fun it'll be. It'll be informative. <laughs> it'll be fun. It'll be informative. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hello. Oh, hi. Hello, Wendy. Hey, uh, without this, where is it? I can't do, I can't go forward without this. Everyone knows it's Wendy. Hey, 
Look who it is. It's Wendy, my sister, with an eye. She's uh, also a licensed therapist, a very serious person. And uh, I've seen her. She's got two of them yep. right there in the middle of her face. Totally does. <laughs> two eyes, three eyes. So one in her name, two on her face. Very serious. <laughs> yep. Uh, mm-hmm. It's good to have you back with us. How, how was your week? You doing all right? Yeah. 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 yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That's that sounds. Like, wow. Do you want the real answer? Do you want the? Like, I, I mean, I you, I don't know if you, you you've probably been busy. You've probably had a lot going on. One would assume you you know you got. Oh my gosh! It's the end of the craziest school year in the history of school years, and everyone's back to doing all the things, but all masked and spread out. So it's like twice as hard. But there's, yep. I mean, it's. I I forgot how hard May is. <laughs> yeah, May is hard. Yeah. But we're getting to the end. Allie graduates on next Tuesday, and that's we, crazy. Uh, that's crazy. I know. How is that Life even? Is I don't even know how that's a thing. How is it possible your daughter's yeah, old enough to graduate? That's nuts. Uh, yeah, no, it's not. It's a thing. And then, uh, yeah, we're, we're we're. I don't know. Don't ask me anymore. All right, Just I don't ask you. <laughs> I went. We went to Dad's grave the other day, and um, uh, went on Sunday to beat the rush. Monday, Mom went Monday. I guess with Misha. Um, but here's the funny thing. So Van has these dinosaurs he loves, little plastic dinosaurs. Loves them. Huge. Just obsessed with dinosaurs right now. And um, we get there, and he decides he wants to just set these two little dinosaurs, a Brachiosaurus and a, I don't know what, Raptor or something, on Dad's grave, right where you'd normally put the flower arrangement. Yeah. He put them there just sort of facing outward and then left them there and acted like Aww. he's just going to leave them there. So we're like, oh, that's kind of cute. He's, you know, his great-grandpops... Uh, who never got to meet? Yeah. He'll leave him a little thing, and so we left these there. Next day, mom and Wendy, or mom and uh, Misha go, and t- you know, texted everybody, say, "Oh yeah, it was great. We did this and that." And I said, um, "Are there still? Are there two little dinosaurs there?" Misha's like, "Yeah. What, what, what's that about?" So those are vans, and so she goes, "Oh no, did he want them back? Like we forgot them or whatever." And I oh. <laughs> said, "No, no, no. They're like a little donation or whatever." But it was just like a nice little, uh, I don't know. It's he really doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. He's two, but it was just a nice thing to to do. So I anyway, it. it was nice. Awesome. We don't go there very often because dad didn't really want us to, but we did this time. Uh, anyway, hey. Uh, Maybe change his mind. Nobody ever asks. No one ever asks. Assume. Yeah. When, I go, when I'm dead, don't. I don't care. You don't have to come visit my grave. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Really doesn't bother me. And when I say you, I mean everyone, not just Wendy. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have nerdtaculars around the tree where your ashes are. That's a great idea. Let's do that. I'm in. Yeah. Perfect. Can uh, that tree be in New Zealand? Because so, that's where I'd like to go. So, so check this out. This is pretty cool. Uh, before we get started today, I got a little follow-up from last week. And um, I'll start it by... Well, I'm going to play the file first, okay? So some audio connected with this. And it's okay. about a minute and a half long. So I just need... You know, it's just worth listening to. So mm-hmm. just know this is a follow-up from last week. Here's the audio. Radio Call us on 08,000 85 95 96. Or text us on 8133. Starting your message with the word CAM. Welcome to Chris South's Great Outdoors with me, Richard Spanners, ready filling in for Chris. It's the show all about Cambridge's fields, farms, wildlife, conservation, and gardens. I'm sitting in for Chris South, who's working from home, and I guess I am still your in-studio substitute presenter until that changes or they find someone better. Because Chris can't be in studio to ride this log flume. How's your week been, everybody? Have you been forgiving yourself? That's what I've been working on this week. Do you ever torture yourself about small, 
embarrassing things? Do they leap out and haunt your mind? So I've been, that happens to me. And I've been listening to an American podcast with a therapist called Wendy Dumford, where they discuss these things that sometimes you get that nagging voice deep inside your gut that just reminds you of all the embarrassing and stupid things you, you've done. And we all know that moment where you're having a perfectly fine day, you're happy, maybe even feeling proud of yourself. And the voice says, yeah, but remember that time you said that stupid thing and everybody heard? You're stupid and annoying. You should never leave the house or go on radio spanners. <laughs> but, that, but that voice, for a lot of people, is just a constant reminder of every time you felt embarrassed or let yourself down. And it's like this constant low lights reel playing in your head. And it can give you a really negative view of yourself. I think that's why it's a problem. Because there doesn't seem to be the opposite voice. The voice that randomly reminds you of the things that were good. You know, that says, hey, Spanners, remember that time you were an absolute delight? <laughs> All right, that's basically it. There's a lot more to it, but... <laughs> In the world, isn't that great? That's so awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, wow. that was our e- emailer from last week uh, oh talking gosh. about the. If he had told me he was British, I would have done it very differently. <laughs> oh, I. You see. know, I want to. I want to thank him for that. So I'm going to have to text him at 35, 65, 95, yeah, yeah, 85, yeah. 75, <laughs> 35. That note that 25. goes on forever. That number it never ends. Uh, <laughs> I want him to say my name. And just let me record it. Right. Wendy Dunford. Wendy Dunford. A woman uh. named Wendy Dunford. <laughs> well, anyway, and I just thought that was... an American. It's, that's been a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But that I thought that was awesome. Really it was just an awesome uh, awesome follow-up. And he, oh, he also sent this. So I want to read this real quick. He says, normally I just scrunch that little part of me down into a tight ball and fight it while I'm talking on the air. But recently I've been using Wendy's method and it's really helping me. I know exactly where my body, uh, in my body, that voice is. It's right at the top of my skull, and I've given it a name. I thank Derek and assure him that I'm on top of the issues uh, that he's identifying and helping me learn, and I will learn and improve. I'm not sure that sounds entirely sane, but it is having its effect. Yes. So there you I go. I love it, Derek. I love his name, Derek, yeah. Isn't that great, though? Jelly beans out of a martini glass. Yeah. So it was a really awesome thing to to get. I'm really glad he he did that. Listen, from now on, I only accept feedback like that. I need a recording (laughs) of a podcast, and you've got a name. Yep. You're part Derek. Yeah. That was awesome. And he's obviously, you know, he's a pro. He sounded great. Yeah. It's an actual, actual BBC product. So. So Very well done, and uh, and thanks for the follow up because that 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 means a lot. We really appreciate it. All right, let's get to this week's uh, topic here. This is from anonymous. Okay, that's mm-hmm. the name we're going to give them, uh, and it goes like this: My mom has been going through a terrible time since my father passed away in 2020 from cancer. She has been fighting with deep depression and other issues since. Some days are better than others, and I have done everything I know uh, to help her but I am at a loss how to proceed when the days get really rough and settle in. I've suggested previously to her to get recommendations from our doctor for a counselor or therapist that would be a neutral party to help her more than I am capable of doing myself. Uh, she had opportunities to talk to one uh, or so since the time has, but since that time has happened or since the time has happened, I'm not sure what that means, but ultimately shied away from it. That brings us to the current state of things. She heard about Wendy's real steps and she signed up and has been in the program for a while. But she uh, just told me that she has dropped out and was afraid to come back before the end of the session, citing not feeling that she can really open up. She also, or sorry, she was also worried that people were tired of hearing about her sadness regarding dad. Uh, Yet she spoke a lot about uh, a lot of positive things 
Uh, she was taken away from the program previous. I'm sorry. Yeah, she spoke of a lot of positive things she has taken away from the program previously. I just worried that she had become discouraged. Um, I don't know how to help her while I'm coping with my own depression and grief regarding my dad's loss, medical issues, and work stress. I need to be the strong one for her and gladly do so for her. She needs, um, sorry, she needs, her needs, uh, let's see, she needs it the most, rather. And I feel like I'm failing her by not being able to help more than I have. My question, I guess, is this. Is there anything I should be doing more? Love, encouragement, support, constant check-ins, spending as much time as I can, uh, despite having uh, to be super careful during the pandemic, listening, being there when she needs me. I've done my best. Mom doesn't deserve the pain she's feeling. And I think she's just being way too hard on herself considering the trauma of so much that's happened in the last year. To suddenly lose someone you love for decades, like she has, while I hurt deeply to lose a parent, I can't imagine the pain that she's in. Um, I can get more into detail if Wendy has an additional questions. Let me know. Thanks for listening. And any guidance is appreciated. Anonymously yours. Stay safe or stay safe. Uh, so we haven't really addressed like directly. Uh, this isn't a COVID related death, but mm. the somebody losing somebody during this time, whether from the stupid disease or from something else is a is a is a big deal, man. Like it just yeah. feels like this is one of the worst times to to have or experience that kind of loss. And then you got people around the person who's experienced the most loss who are just like out of ideas. They don't know what else to do to help or to whatever. We've probably all felt this a little bit in some way. Um, you know, we we here felt that way about my sister in law's cancer. Although great news on that front, she appears to be um, cancer free after oh very good twelve rounds of chemo, surgery twice whole bunch of stuff i mean she had stage four colon cancer wow. when this started and now she appears to be free of it so so wow. that yeah That's so awesome. medical good. science well done and if she'd listened to her mother she'd probably be eating leaves and not living anyway that's a <laughs> little jab at my mother-in-law anyway so the point is yeah so that was you know not the same kind of grief we didn't lose her but it was the struggle of like what can we do what else can we do what are you what are we supposed yeah. to do so what do you want to what do you want to do with anonymous here? Yeah, I think first of all, I just to get in the mood for this today. I listened to um, the most recent episode of This American Life yeah. was about grief. Um, I didn't plan it; it just happened. Um, but it is it's a great listen um, because there's just so many ways we experience grief and everyone's so different. And they, they had a couple different stories, but it started with Rob Delaney, you know, the comedian um, who did catastrophes, you know, like a, um, mm -hmm. anyway, he, he lost his three-year-old son to cancer and Ooh. just, he's so blunt and open how he talks about it. And it's really pretty powerful. And I, I, he gets to this point in that I think is really highlights what happens sometimes with grief is that, you know, in his case to have a child die or, you know, the moments after with the child's body, when the child is, has passed and what that's like, you know, you can only talk to a few people about that in the world. Yeah. Um, and to find these parents who had been there before him and he saw them, he said, I saw them eating grapes and sitting down and having, a drink that like I can do that one day, like this hope of progress, right? Just how devastating this, this whole thing was anyway. It's a really powerful episode. Um, 
It's called, uh, by the way, it's called Good Grief. And it's uh, Good Grief. That's what it's called. And that the very last one is about uh, George Floyd and and here in Minneapolis and just a a woman's um, how she's sort of taking care of people and their grief at the the site, Mm -hmm. um, the memorial. Anyway, it's really good. So check that out. Um, So anyway, it's got it got me thinking about that idea. And, you know. You can lose the same person, but the same relationship isn't lost. So here's this um, person whose mother, whose father dies. She loses a father. Is it a she? Sorry, I just said that. I don't, uh, um, I don't know. Actually, I guess I don't know. They lost their father and the the mother lost a spouse, right? So same person has passed away, yeah. but two very different relationships, two different histories, two different roles, two different needs, all of the things um, and so it, as much as we can, you know, bond over losing the same person, sometimes it makes it even more difficult because those, the role that person played is so, is so different, but we have a, a thing happening here, which is the caller or the emailer is not maybe giving enough attention to their own grief, um, and overly focused on helping mother grieve and, I think we maybe need to start with the definition of what grieving actually is. Right. right? That's a good Um, idea because I, you know, having lost our own father during a time where, um, like I've never dealt with it right. I still don't know exactly if I've grieved for dad or not. I really don't know. (laughs) Like the proper, whatever the proper healthy thing to do is, pretty sure I haven't done that entirely. So let's talk about that. And a lot just comes naturally, right? So, so here's, so if we kind of go historical here, back in the day, your parlor was where the dead would rest and everyone would come and see them and you would have, which I think is the origin of like open casket uh, <clears throat> things, which I don't love, P.S. Anyway, but this idea of like, um, it's in your home, everyone comes and pays their respect. So we you have the historical, at least in this country of mourning and then, you know, other cultures have their various rituals and things they do when it comes to mourning. Right. And, and you think of how that has gotten sort of cleaned up over the time, over time, they, they promoted living rooms to take the place of those parlors. That was a real advertising. That's why we still call them living rooms is because no longer do the dead rest there. Only the living come and watch TV. Um, And so, you know, there's, there's a history of us being really separate or being really connected to death, seeing it much more frequently and some of that would elicit the grieving that maybe would happen naturally because it just comes, right? But we have cleaned it up so much and sort of we pay people to take care of all the things that we can't. And, you know, maybe we still grie- cry and grieve and dress in black and do the things that we do. But no one says what to do after that. And if you look at what the culture says, it's like, oh, you get like a week off work. And that's then after that, you're back to normal. <laughs> Be back to prep, yeah. you know being productive or whatever. So, so what is the model? The model is do it quick, do it privately, don't overdo it. Um, and then just hope that goes well. And so that most of us take away from our, our backgrounds, our cultural upbringings is like, there's an appropriate level of sad and it should only last so long and, you know, et cetera. And then we are all individuals who maybe can access, um, that grief, pretty easily and move through it. And then others that, you know, not so much. So it's tricky. And, and I don't know, have you guys ever been to a class on grieving? No, Probably not. Mm-hmm. Nope. no. Um, do I think it should be a, along with financial uh, planning for teenagers? Yes. I think there should like be a grief class. Financial. Yeah. 
and yeah. like actual sex ed. Uh, you know, those things should all be in schools. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So, so anyway, you've got like just no nobody's really good at this. And if they are, they probably have modeled that to people and are helpful and, you know, can talk you through it. Um, But it's because it's, it's a different relationship for each person and it's, and it is not shown to us. So we don't know what to do. So what most of us do because to survive, right. Is kind of shove it down and go on with things. And then suddenly see duct tape holding something together. Scott, you'll recognize this. And then you'll burst into tears (laughs) because, Someone else is holding something together with duct tape, like my dad always did, yeah. you know? So so you'll have these breakthrough moments where it will just sort of surface. To most of us, that's just what we do. And it, it can be It happened stuck. to me the other day, because when I, went, I, I had to pull the stinger out of Carter's foot. She got stung by a bee. Oh. Um, you know, and she's just turned 24. It's not like she's a kid. But yeah. I had this flashback of dad pulling a sliver out of Taylor's foot when she was like three. And it was like vivid and weird. And like, that's all I could think about while I'm trying to get this pulsating freaking noxious thing out of her foot. And it was just a weird, weird moment. I didn't even tell them about it, but it was like, oh my gosh, it's like dad taking that sliver out of Taylor's foot. And Taylor wouldn't look at him for like two weeks (laughs) because she thought he was like the pain bringer. Um, Right. Because that's what happens. (laughs) I can, I can recall many slivers being taken out of my feet by dad. He yeah. Was, oh, yeah. He was good. I, I often thought he was a doctor. I did when I was younger. <laughs> like he was secretly a doctor, yeah. which he definitely wasn't. Yeah. But he was very good. He could have been. Uh, anyway, so so yeah, that idea of like it will show up. Um, and and I think just like our actually the episode last week of like, you know, this guy brought up these painful things that that pop in his head and memories. Um, this is how our systems are built. They're they're parts of us that will remind us. So it will jump out in the strangest of places. Sometimes it's really obvious, like, oh, there's a sliver situation. This feels familiar. And, you know, so you can kind of tie it together. Other times, not so much. But it's as if the system has, like, it's a self-regulating button or something that it just is like, hey, there's more in here. There is something to process. Um, I need a little attention. And the more we suppress that, the more... um, that doesn't have a chance to to process through in a, sort of a normal way. The more we create sort of a toxic situation, um, it leaks out in other places. So sometimes that can come out as anger or isolation. Um, you know, depression is is an example. There's there's bereavement and there's depression. Bereavement is the the form of depression that every one of us could should have. It's natural. It's important. It's the slowing down. It's the sign that you have lost and there's grief to be to be had, right? Depression is a very similar uh, chemical response, but it's ongoing and sometimes is not an obvious loss connected to it. But often depression is related to loss. Right. So so there's this natural thing. Well, what happens is if we don't ever deal or we don't ever grieve or we're, we don't know what to do, and I can get into what to do in a second here, but... We don't know what to do. We'll just survive. And in that survival state, you know, sometimes some of the symptoms that you're not grieving properly show up like depression when you have never had depression before or increased anxiety when you've never had that before. So there's, you know, things that that will show up that say, hey, this system isn't getting what it's needing. So it sounds like this emailer is watching her mother not progress through grief 
and is just really worried, right? Is seeing just that she's in so much pain and that um, all of those things. And yes, the normalization that her spouse dies and then the whole world has a pandemic. I mean, you cannot imagine how difficult, right, that would be. And no one's, she hasn't lost her husband previously to know that it's easier not in a pandemic, right? right. You just don't, you know, it's hard to calculate the effects of all these different factors that have played a role and just maybe in getting help or getting outside or other things that might naturally help that grieving process happen. So I just want to say a couple quick things about complicated grief and like sort of extended bereavement, right? Like everyone's different. Everyone has different timing. An interesting rule of thumb. I don't know if it's, it's not for everyone exactly, but about a year is about the amount of time having every holiday pass, having, uh, you know, lots of moments and memories, you know, like say they die in July and then Christmas comes, you, you have a Christmas without that person, um, that now you're anticipating, you didn't anticipate, maybe you did, but like you, you got to get through the first of everything for that first year. And then after that, to sort of see how things are, um, people who are uncomfortable with others, pain or sorrow or don't know what to do, want us to get over it quicker. Mm -hmm. So they may get more concerned before it's time to get concerned. Mm. So really having some, a professional kind of help you assess that if you're, if you're really feeling stuck or not sure you're doing it right, I think is, is your best bet. Um, but also just know it, it, it does take time. Now, if you are not doing anything proactive to honor that person or to grieve or whatever you need to do, then, you know, maybe we can see why you're stuck. Um, whereas most people, it, it, there is a natural flow to this. What we're really bad as, at grieving is grieving all the little things. We tend to actually be better about grieving death um, overall because it's, it doesn't allow for much uh, vacillation you know, you sort of come sure. to accept it a little sooner. Sure. That doesn't mean there aren't plenty of people who years and years and years after someone has died have still struggling to accept it. Um, so we're kind of all over the map. I hope, I hope that covers everybody, but um, so let's go through the active process of grieving. So I'd love to hear from both of you and you can share this about a positive thing where you had to grieve it. Like maybe you moved to a new place and you had to grieve the loss of the old place or friends, or, you know, you move from college onto another place. Like there's lots of versions of, of grief that happen in periods of life. So you don't have to pick a death if you don't want to, but give me a sense of what you guys think grieving the, a healthy grieving process looks like. Um, well, I'll jump in, but please do. I am going to go with death. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will, I will stay on the board, Bob, and go with death for a hundred. Um, no, uh, watching my, my stepdad, uh, and his health deteriorate over uh, the course of a, a a couple months or a few months, where it was the alcohol and the cigarettes and, and basically the cancer that came from the cigarettes kind of ravaged his body um, to the to the point where at the very end for like the last couple weeks when he wasn't able to talk or communicate, um, I kind of began grieving his loss then as opposed to after he passed, even though we knew it was coming, mm -hmm. it was like a, um, all right, I'm preparing myself. I know he's, you know, going to be gone. And it still gave me an opportunity to say goodbye to him over those, those couple weeks. Um, uh, so 
when he did eventually pass, it almost felt like more of a, it definitely felt like a relief knowing that he wasn't suffering anymore and knowing that I did get the opportunity to say goodbye to him and, and, um, uh, and kind of get good closure on that. And then we just, we kind of, you know, remembered him with, um, uh, a memorial event and all his friends came and instead of it being like a, a funeral, it was more of like a, um, uh, a remembrance of who he was and, you know, some great yeah. photos and memories and things like that. Yeah. So that felt, that felt like the healthy way of doing it. Yes. But, awake. I guess it's just called awake. Yeah. They call those awake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that does sound healthy. Um, I have an example of it's not healthy though. <laughs> Cause I don't think I know how to do it right. I think I'm bad at this. I think it's like a thing I'm not good at, but, uh, I remember so when dad died I remember going through all the motions like uh rush to the hospital deal with all of the immediate aftermath be there for mom try to figure out what we're going to do next all right we got to talk funeral we got you know you have to do all that and then the funeral came and then we had to do the funeral and we had to do whatever that meant and 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 then be there and then move on to the next thing and then Okay, what's after that? That sort of thing. I remember going through all of that and thinking, well, at least I'm going through all this. But I don't think I'm really, <laughs> like, I really never took a minute to go, what does this mean? Like, what does this loss mean? So instead, over the last 20 years, um, I just let it creep into other stuff. Like, just think about dad randomly. Or, uh, you know, there was, a, there was this weird experience where Nick was like two and a half years old and and he was describing his grandpa and how he was like sitting on the edge of his bed and weird stuff like that and I remember thinking oh that's weird and <laughs> like I just remember all these things just piling up over time and to this day I'm not sure I've ever really sort of like dealt with it because it <laughs> seemed way too soon the shock as it was he was only 63 yeah. 64 it happened <clears throat> suddenly it was a massive heart attack kind of out of nowhere. I have certain, certain things connected to it. Like I will, you know, it's, it, I always remember that the week before he passed, he saw gone in 60 seconds with mom. And the night before he passed, he saw chicken run. <laughs> That's a, these are weird things that I associate with all around it, but it was that suddenness and the, I still have this visual of running, rushing up to the house. And by the time I got there, Mom was in a, you know, in a couch being consoled by some neighbors and some people. And then I see his gurney just whipping past me, um, all covered in stuff with the thing on his face and everything. And I remember that so vividly. It's like real to me now. Like just I can feel everything about that feeling. And I don't think I've ever really faced it. I think I was I think the whole time I was just like, okay, moving, 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 moving. And I think that later in my life, you know, in the early aughts, it it sort of manifested itself in the form of some anxiety I'd never experienced experienced before. Didn't know where it was coming from. A sort of um, I don't know, bad relationship with mortality in general. You know, I have to say that over time, that's gotten easier for me, and I give less poops these days about a lot of things. But there was a time there where, you know, anything that it felt like even remotely like chest pain or a little bit of arm pain or, or a feeling of dizziness, you just immediately go, Oh, it, it, it's that, it's that thing that did and I'm trying to ignore it. And so let's just ignore it and get past it. And that sort of stuff. Right. 
So I don't think I ever did is what I'm saying. I don't think I have a good answer to your question. I don't think I've ever properly uh, grieved. I do remember witnessing what I thought was a healthy grieving, and that was at his funeral, my then six-year-old daughter, Taylor, who is now 27 and has a kid of her own, um, she was still pretty young, but six at six, you kind of know. You kind of know yeah. when you don't know at the same time. Um, but her siblings are too young to really know what was going on three and, and, and two months old for Nick. But, um, she just started kind of wailing and crying at the funeral. And I remember thinking at the time, that's probably what I should be doing. <laughs> I should probably be just completely losing it and let it out. Right. And I never did. So, so anyway, that's, that's my, that's my awesome answer. That's my unhealthy response to death and, and mourning. Well, and I don't, I don't want to take away from your story that you're not haven't healthfully grieved, but I'm going to give you some definitions that might shift your perspective right. a little bit. But I do agree. If we could all wail like Taylor at a funeral, we would all feel better. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just that kids, <laughs> kids can do things adults can't, right? Right. They can um, just let out those emotions, just like yeah. just dump them out. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why when I watch cultures where there's the following of the casket and the wailing and throwing yourself mm-hmm. on the on the body, I'm always <laughs> jealous. Like, right? Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. so lucky. Yeah, because like, out, out of context, required. out of context, out right. of context, you see that and go, "Oh, that's weird," and like, it's "Too much." Like, what are you doing? But in the in that space like if you are those people i imagine there's real catharsis in that Mm -hmm. in that even if it is mostly culturally you know not forced on people but you know what i mean like it's yeah like it's 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 at least an option right whereas it's not such an option so okay and and this i hope is helpful for the emailer because as she's describing her her mother his mother or its mother that you know like just of course devastated sad struggling to feel good again, you know, all of those things. I don't, there's nothing in there that has me really uh, worried other than um, it's just really hard. And it's been a little over a year. I feel like pandemic year doesn't count as like no years as well as 20 years. I don't know how, but it does. Um, anyway, and and so I, I don't hear anything that's majorly concerning. And so I want to give some definitions I think that might be helpful. And then, and Scott, similarly, like, I think you probably have processed slower. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, you know, you're, you're saying it's all wrong. And I don't know. So let me just, let me just read some things. You guys get to decide. Okay. Okay. So I just want to give a definition of healthy grief. Um, It's often referred to as normal or functional grief. Yeah. And there's a reason because it has a function and the function is to allow survivors to identify, acknowledge, feel, and integrate what they love, but are now without. So that's, that's the purpose of the funeral. That's the purpose of a eulogy of the writing um, down your feelings or talking to others, sharing the stories, right? Is you're trying to integrate, acknowledge, identify, and feel all this stuff about this person that you love that is no longer there. Yeah. Right. Right. That does not happen quickly and easily. And there are some reactions to it. So I'm going to read what are the quote unquote normal reactions associated with grief. So some of these are going to sound familiar and hopefully help people feel like they're still within the realm of okay. Um, And then we can talk about what to do if you're feeling like you're not in that okay space. Um, So it's really normal 
behaviorally to detach from family and friends, to have a change in your interests and your activities, to decrease your socializing, to have the loss of joy or anhedonia, Mm. to withdraw and be less productive, be unable to sit still, to see or hear the voice of the deceased, struggle to think clearly, to treasure objects of the deceased, to find yourself sighing a lot, anger, general irritability, loneliness, Mm. lack of concentration. So this is more the brain stuff, lack of concentration. It's difficult to make decisions, lack of focus, short-term memory problems, um, disbelief, excessive worry, feeling overwhelmed. All very, very normal. Numbness, apathy, fear, mood swings. You notice as I'm reading this, you're thinking, if someone you love is grieving and they're acting this way, it's really hard for you to watch, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But we're still within the very normal range of an emotional, psychological reaction to grief. Okay. Also, disbelief, outbursts that are like grief bursts, Um, guilt, resentment, anger, difficulty falling asleep, making up really early in the morning, increase, decrease in appetite, Um, fatigue and lack of energy, moving slower, dry mouth, Irregular heartbeats and palpitations, palpitations, restlessness. (laughs) Okay. And then we get to like, you know, there's, there's the spiritual part, maybe lack of meaning or questioning faith or blaming God or wanting to die. All very, very normal. Mm. Um, And so here's what you need to do. And this is the, the paradox of grief. This is why grief is so hard for us. And I, I think why you don't get taught it is because no one knows what they're doing. And even people who know how this is supposed to work themselves struggle to know what to do. Mm. So when, when dad died, the first person I wanted to talk to mm. was none of you. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk to Michelle Dare. Do you remember her? Oh, yeah. Thought? Yeah. I, I saw her dad comment. died when she yeah. was 17. I was 23, 24 when dad died. Um, and I, I had another friend whose mom died when she was 12 and those two are the only two people I wanted to talk to. I saw her, uh, by the way, I saw Crosby stills and Nash with her the week before her dad died. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a weird, that's <laughs> a weird thing to remember. Full, but, full circle. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and so when I, I talked to her, she had, you know, years had passed and she, you know, she's older than me anyway. So I've been a while and I just went at her with like, I've had all the stages of grief already. <laughs> she's like just smiled and <laughs> sure and just was comforting and nice. And she didn't, she didn't fix anything. She didn't, she just let me feel whatever I was feeling. And there's the power and someone who's been there and knows how to grieve is they don't need you to do it differently. So they're comfortable. That's, that is what's amazing. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's a gift. And that's why you seek those people out. That's why Robin Delaney was saying, I just needed to be around parents who got this, I didn't have to explain everything, right? Right, Or you could just see that they survived it, right? So there's there's a lot of that mourning with others that is just so crucial for us to healthfully mourn, okay? So we have a bunch of things that have to happen during grief. We have to acknowledge the reality of the death that comes at some point. It doesn't always come quickly. You have to feel the pain. Here's that paradox again. In order to heal, you have to feel it. Um, The change, uh, there's change in relationships you know, from the, from the person to a memory, from physical to a memory, that has to change. And then a lot of it is adjusting your self-identity. So if you think of, you know, you lose a partner 
And so much of your identity has been wrapped up in your partnership. So that's, that's an extra challenge there. Um, okay. So when it's not grieving, okay, let me give you this quote, because I think it's helpful. Um, this is by Doug Manning. I don't even know who that is, but I like the quote. Grieving is a natural is as natural as crying when you are hurt, sleeping when you are tired, eating when you are hungry, or sneezing when your nose itches. It's nature's way of healing a broken heart. Don't let anyone take your grief grief away from you. You deserve it, and you must have it. If you have major surgery, no one would pressure you to run a marathon the next week. Grief is a major wound; it does not heal overnight. Mm. And I think we're running into this a little bit with the emailer wanting mom to be okay so badly that maybe there needs to be some more space for her to grieve. And maybe she needs help to do that. Um, and, and that's your concern and that's great, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't fix the thing. She'll, she'll have to on her own and you can encourage her, but on her own, if she feels like maybe talking to someone would help her do that. Um, but your other choice is to be present and let this take the time that it takes. So let me just quickly talk about unhealthy grief. So you can also see where, like where the problems might be. Okay. And and maybe she didn't write about them or I, I missed them. Um, so unhealthy grief, prolonged suffering and interrupts normal activities. So this is Scott, how we know you had some healthy grief. You would not have kept a job, raised a family, lived your life for the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean maybe there was more you could have done, but you know, like your life is still being lived to pretty much its fullest. And that's one sign that unhealthy grief has happened is where you're sort of stuck, frozen words. People will use are unhealthy, unresolved, complicated, pathological, you know, all those scary words. Um, And the main reasons people fail to grieve is it just the inability to tolerate the pain of grief because it's incredibly painful. And so to avoid that, um, um, the other reason might be the person has an excessive need to maintain interaction with the person who's died. That can really be challenging and obviously really common with partners. Um, and then guilt is another reason people fail to grieve. Um, maybe that the relationship with the person who has died, it brings up guilt. And so they don't know how to handle that thing. Right. That's when you definitely need somebody to help you with that. Sure. Um, all right, so we've got all sorts of reasons you can imagine for failing to grieve. Um, one, one just quick one is maybe there's a belief that grieving equals weakness, right? Yeah. Or that if you start crying, it'll never stop. That's a really common one. Um, or that letting go of the pain equals letting go of the loved one. So there may be all these complicated reasons that this this mother is not able to move forward in any way, or it may be that this is just her timing. I don't, I don't know. Um, okay. So let's just, let me just share a couple of, well, delayed grief. Let me mention this really quick. So delayed grief is sort of, you push aside the feelings, um, during the period of where mourning would have happened and then they erupt later. Um, and can be in all sorts of forms, right? So maybe Scott, some of your anxiety stuff showed up that way. That would make sense. Yeah, you want to see a big baby man cry uh, at a part that maybe you shouldn't. Is that scene in um, Onward, where mm. the older oh, brother's yeah. talking to the dad ghost? Gosh, dang it, dude, that killed me. Yeah, that killed me. All that. Yeah. That ah. was something. 
Yeah, I was a mess. And, and the, the van, kid looks like my son, so it was even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's even worse. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. So, so yeah, let me just quickly go through the rest of it. But just denial and avoidance are other reasons people don't um, keep going in this process of, of grief. And it's just easier in the short term to avoid. And, but it is definitely not in the long term and can be really challenging. Um, so let's see. Uh, okay. And then we've got this sort of how it shows up when you are not doing it. Um, actually, so, okay. So stuckness, there would be all of these sort of, and this is what's tricky is you're going to have some of those same symptoms that are in healthy grieving. Right. Right. Um, but the unhealthy part would be that you shove them away, refuse to have them drink until constantly. So you never feel anything like there's all the ways to stop those natural things from, from happening could be examples. Um, and so signs of healing and, you know, sort of grief doing its work and healing on the other end. It's important to know that like, you're never the same, right? right? It's, you don't go back to the previous you and that is really difficult. Um, yeah, it's like burn, burn victims can burn victims can heal, but <laughs> they're no, going to be never different. The same. No, you're never the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But some signs that you are healing are things like you are emotionally available to yourself, right? Yeah. You're not constantly hiding from yourself. Right. You are present and in the moment. You can be patient with yourself. You can somehow be, feel positivity again. Um, you real, realize life is worth living. Give yourself permission to feel what you feel. You allow moments of joy, those things. So those are some signs that healthy grieving is occurring. So I often, I've mentioned this on the show before, but I often assign people an hour of grief work. And that is they take an hour once a week. They light a candle. They go in the woods, whatever they got to do to connect to this, this place where this pain resides and they face it full on. They give it attention. So they can do that by writing writing a letter to the person. They can just write whatever comes to them. They can cry. They can paint. I mean, whatever you want to do in that hour that helps you express some of that pain is incredibly valuable. So it's my version of instead of weeping and wailing and throwing yourself on the grave, like you might have been able to do, you know, in our puritanical society, you are going to find a way to give yourself an hour to do whatever wailing you need to do. Yeah. And for some, it, you know, they're very blocked and that's very hard to do. So starting with writing, starting with just sitting there quietly, allowing, you know, listening to some music, something, but, but giving this part of you a, a window to express itself. And then the timer goes off and you pull yourself together and you go back to the whatever. And, you know, society will go, yay, <laughs> you're fine. Right. Um, just know society is wrong about how all this works. Yeah. Right. Um, and so don't be asking for, you know, do you think I'm doing okay? There really is this sort of internal barometer as you, as you feel better. So, so I would say this one thing to this emailer with her mom, two things, one, do your own grief work. And the more you can do that and mourn the loss of your father and not make it about your mother right now. And and that may just be, you can do it one hour a week. Um, and that's okay. The, better you will be able to be present for her mm-hmm. in whatever she does need. It's the whole mask on yourself first thing. 
Um, I know that's incredibly hard to do as you watch someone else suffer. But part of that is because your own suffering is not getting the attention that it needs. Right. So that's number one. And then number two, um, be present with your mom and express your love and concern and be in the moment with her and try for, you know, try not to control her grieving. And that's maybe a harsh way to say that. Um, but you're, you know, you hold even, space. You don't even I mean, know you're that's doing a, it. Yeah, I get that. That's the thing I've been thinking about is holding space. Like what does that actually mean to hold space for someone else's grief yeah. is you don't make it about you. Yeah. And that's so hard to do if your grief is overflowing the canister, you know, you've got to empty that out. You've got to deal with your own mm-hmm. and, and in order to hold space for anyone else's grief, because if you can't do that, then it's about yours. And so your mom who loves you is going to worry about your grief and not worry about her own. And so this is tricky to be there for one another at the same time, making sure you're there for yourself and your, your process um, means you can then hold some space for her to grieve. Right. Uh, It's probably a whole other conversation, but learning to deal with people who think they've got bigger problems than you, uh, and understanding they're just in a different place than you is kind of hard too. sometimes. Like if you just experienced a huge loss and somebody's like, I'm having the worst day of my life. What's wrong? Somebody keyed my car at the mall. <laughs> yeah. It's like, really, that's yeah. going to compare to, you know, you know, it's, that's, that's a hard thing to keep in mind as well. But yeah. Hopefully. Well, and that's the reason, like, you know, my desire as I've thought about it since to only talk to someone who's lost a parent was that I would not have to deal with any of their garbage yeah. of, they're they're trying to find that way to understand you and it comes from a a nice place in theory but it just doesn't compete like it you can't do it you can't say well i lost this and have it resonate you just need someone to hold space if they haven't lost the same thing but they can hold space for you to have lost what you have i mean that that's a gift and people can do that absolutely yeah. it's not that everyone has to have lost someone to to hold space but man the ones who have already know they can hold space they can do it they've figured out to some extent how if they've done their work and grieved you know so it's i I feel like you know unresolved grief is probably one of the biggest problems we have in society and if you notice that list i said of how it comes out sideways and and how grief shows itself you know if it's showing itself in anger right yeah this past year and a half have been really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. And, and it's coming out sideways sometimes. And some of it is maybe nothing hard has happened for you. And so you just aren't getting that people are coming from a, a place of pain. And so anyway, I recommend listening to their, this American life. It'll give you a, a good perspective on. Sounds like um, a good episode. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was well timed. Um, and stuff. actually this leads to the thing I want to pimp. Oh, right? pimp it. Give it, get pimp or sorry, promote it. Promote. Promote. Stop <laughs> saying pimp. Yeah. No we more need pimp. a better word, but that yeah. also is short. And Maybe we just need to like take it. pimp back. Yeah. Let's yeah. take pimp. Can we own it back? Can we take yeah, it back? That. Was it, uh, was it a thing before? It was never ours it? to begin with, but let's take yeah. it. Let's own it. I love it. Okay, is this, and I actually talk a little bit about this uh, in this, but I'm in a podcast with Alex on the Dad Chronicles, and Scott, maybe you can... uh, Yeah, I'll link it out to everybody. Um, It's the Dad Chronicles, which you can get anywhere on any podcast player or directory or whatever, just search for it, but uh, Alex Albisu's show, 
where he, you know, a lot of fatherhood talk talks to a lot of other dads, but occasionally mm-hmm. has somebody like Wendy on. And apparently you guys he had a rad, not a dad. You are definitely not a, not a dad, but you had a brilliant, <laughs> not a dad. She, he was but raving. I'm, he was raving about your appearance. He couldn't. I mean, stop talking. I kind of nailed it. Usually I have brain fog and I didn't that day. So I was on it. So yeah. you should listen. Um, no, it's it. And it was, I think he just, it just came out on Monday, but it is a conversation about how to model to your kids. Um, how, you know, with all the conflict between people and the infighting and the nastiness that has arisen uh, in the last couple of years, just how to model good behavior. And it's, there, there's a surprise in there. <laughs> it's not what you think. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's really fun. And it, and it, it's kind of ties to what we've talked a little bit about today. Strangely. Anyway, so check that out. That's my thing to promote. Nice. Today. Go check it out. The dad Chronicles available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, all right. Excellent stuff, Wendy, as always. And uh, realsteps.org, go check it out. Sign up uh, or, you know, at least sign up for the communication phase of things. And if you uh, get accepted into the next phase, that'd be cool, too. Uh, if you keep hearing us talking about it, wonder what the heck it's about. It's all right there on the page. Go look. Realsteps.org. Thank you. Uh, Wendy, have a great week. And um, what are we, three weeks from seeing you guys or something? Three and a half? Oh, cool. Yeah. It's coming like that. soon. Yeah. It'll be quick. And uh, only a few dummies won't be vaccinated. So that'll be great. <laughs> only a few. Only a few. And Scott, you should check out this podcast on the Dad Chronicle. It will help you. Uh, oh, good. I need model to, conflict. I need to deal with that uh, somehow before all that happens in July. So uh, we'll see how yeah. it goes. All right, Wendy, have a great okay. week, and we'll see you right. next time. Thanks. Bye now. Bye. All right. A long one, but a good one. Yeah, for sure. That's what they say about me. <laughs> I mean, tall. I'm tall. I'm a tall. Guy. Oh, 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 yeah, tall, tall, long, yeah, tall. Yeah, should clarify a little bit. Um, all right, check this out. Uh, we're going to play a quick mashup. Now, the reason I'm playing this today is because some people say, hey, what's the origin of that uh, take no plums, leave no plums thing? Oh, God. Okay, good. So, Jamie, but TMS prepare mashup. Prepare to still be confused after you hear this. I'm just going to like warn you right now. Yeah. that. Uh, but he, we, he reached way back down the throat of time and pulled this out. And uh, I don't really have a timeline for the, when this was said, but it was early in the show. <laughs> it was, yeah. So enjoy. You can tell because my voice is dumb and whiny. And <laughs> hey, Brian. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I sounded different in 2011. I can't help it. I don't know what was going on there. But anyway, here it is. It's TMS Origins, The Plum Riddle. Enjoy. All right, before I play it, yeah. I want to do a riddle to you. This is an old favorite, one I got when I was a kid, and I've used it every once in a while, and it never ceases to either stump people or make them feel smart. So here you go. Guy's walking down a path. In the middle of this path is a tree. It's an apple tree, okay? Okay. I'm sorry, plum tree. <laughs> back up, back up. <laughs> it doesn't matter that much, but it's a plum tree. Okay. So the guy walks past a plum tree. Now, he neither takes plums nor leaves plums and keeps going. How is that possible? He neither takes plums nor leaves plums. Uh, He just walks by the tree then well no because he ne- what changes he, that, that- he neither takes plums nor leaves plums so that implies he's got some plum there's plum in his life after he leaves that tree oh i see what you're saying so he doesn't leave any plums on the tree there are no plums on the tree when he leaves it or do i so here you go again <laughs> he sees the plum tree walks I think past there's a piece of this that you're not telling me no it really is not i'm telling you everything you need to know he neither takes plums nor leaves plums gotcha i see what you're saying okay uh well let's let's say that it's off season and there's no plums growing on the tree that wouldn't work he neither takes them nor leaves 
use them. If there are no plums on the tree, he can't take them, nor can he leave them if there are no plums on the tree. No, because he ends up with <laughs> he ends up with a plum. He's got a plum already. Oh, he does. Okay. Well, you didn't tell me that part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are plums. On, let me make this clear. There are plums on the tree. There are plums on the tree, and he neither okay. takes plums nor leaves plums. How is that possible? Because uh, he's got a plum uh, hanging out of the bottom of his uh, <laughs> tiny gym shorts. All right. That is our sign that we are now going to tell you the answer. Please do. The answer is there are only two plums on the tree. So he only takes one. Takes one, leaves one. So it's a plural thing. He neither okay. takes plums oh, nor I leaves plums. So he didn't take two because that would have left the tree without any. But he... He didn't tell me until the very end that he ended up with a plum. Well, no. <laughs> I did the whole time because I said he neither takes plums nor leaves plums. That implies he has he takes something okay. with him. Okay. So it's a good one. <laughs> it is a good one. Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> there you go. So if you, you know, you were sitting around going, what the hell is that story? That's the story. All right. And that's back when I sounded a little more like this. Yeah, exactly. What's going hey, on there? Here's one. Here's one that's not even a riddle, but it was something that uh, James from Same Sex Mary said while we were out there uh, for this last trip. You know, you're required said, by law to do it in his voice, right? In his voice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Brian. Okay. Uh, oh, this is great. This is great. All right. <laughs> Before was, was, was. Was, was, is. Before was, was. Before was, was, was. Was, was, is. Before was, was, was. Before was, is. No. Before was, was, was. (laughs) Uh Was, was, is. In other words, uh, before this was, before now is the past, now is the present. Before was, was, was. Was, was, is. Oh, weird. That's cool. Yeah. That's actually really cool. It's an excuse to say was like eight times in a row. Yeah. Have it make sense. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a fun one. I'm using that upstairs if I can get it right. It's five times you say was. Yeah, that was really good. Before was, 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 is. (laughs) Tally says uh, English can be understood with a tough, thorough thought. uh, Sorry. A tough, thorough thought, though. Yes. In other words, to show all the different GH sounds. Uh, you know, English. What are you going to do? O-U-G-H sounds, yeah. Well, that leads us to this part of the show where we say goodbye. Yeah, that's right. Um, but don't worry. We will be doing a TMSPM tomorrow, like literally, actually doing mm-hmm. it. We'll literally be doing it. We yeah. will literally. We don't have the excuse for play dates or anything like that. It's an actual show. So <laughs> so be here tomorrow, 3.30 Mountain Time, if you're a patron. If you're not one, then sign up because it's only a buck and you can have that tomorrow. You don't have to wait. There's no approval period. It's not like you have to wait two weeks to get signed up. It's no government agency here. We let you right in. So head on over to patreon.com slash TMS sign up today. And if you're looking for anything else or that, you can find it all. At frogpants.com slash TMS. You don't need to worry about the three W's. You don't have to mm. think about the HTTPS or any of that. Mm. Forward slash colon, colon, colon slash slash. None is of there it. an S? Is it secure? Is there None a... None of it. It'll just SSL work. SSL certificate? I don't know. I don't care. It'll be there because you just put it in. It's just we've made right. it easy for everyone. Frogpants.com slash TMS. That's it for the show. Uh... I don't know about you, but I can't leave without at least some German in my life, Brian. 
Oh, well, I've got it for you. Hooray. Yeah. Uh, Trent from Washington State said, This is one of the most entertaining covers I've heard in a while. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Love the show, though. And uh, there you go. That's all all you need. Nice. Uh, This is a band called Cheetos Magazine. With an apostrophe, Cheetos Magazine. Is it? It's a magazine that belongs to Cheeto. Sure. A single that they released last or earlier this year. Last year, um, this is a cover of Rammstein's "Du Hast," and it's the most fun cover you'll ever hear of "Du Hast" ever. Uh, here you go. Here's Cheetos Magazine. All right, uh, that's going to do it. Thank you all for being here. We'll see you soon.
Tortenscheide Drei ist ein, wir alle Tage This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.